welcome to Drowning in Manga, where we explore the deep, dark depths of manga. I am your host, GTZ, and I have my co-host with me... Yep. What's your name? <laughs> oh, I thought you are supposed to remember it because I saw episode one first. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, I have uh, my, my good friend uh, Meowth900, also known as Allison, here. And we're going to talk about some manga. Are you pumped, Allison? As pumped as a tire swing. I mean, yeah, you you read, you especially uh, read a lot this week. Uh, almost in inhuman amount of manga. You were so deep in the manga, but you used your shonen battle powers to slowly swim up further to a higher elevation of that deep, dark abyss. It did the reading of the Epo. Yep, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, today we've uh, expanded from the th- mere three series we had last time. This time we have a total of seven series to talk about. So well, let- let's just get straight into this then. Are you ready, Allison? I need to do the recapping. Well, okay, let's go. So we're going to start off this recap with the Shonen Sunday sides of things. And the first series we're going to talk about is Zero's Tea Time Chapter 5. We we got our uh, favorite boy, Amuro, here. Sexy as always. And last time, uh, the chapter said that this chapter would teach us about the secrets to Amuro's power. And, uh... Well, let's see uh, in this chapter what exactly those uh, secrets are. So the chapter basically uh, starts off with uh, Amuro and his uh, partner, Kazami, at the shooting range. And uh, Amuro is just giving Kazami tips on like how to improve uh, his shooting, his aiming, all that stuff. And it seems to work. Kazami hits his target straight on. And why does he's about to thank Amuro? Amuro disappears. And what is Amuro doing? He's getting buff as f- So buff. Yeah, so buff. Yeah, so we start off with uh, seeing Amuro go for a quick uh, sprint. Then he's doing uh, jumping jacks, uh, uh, sit-ups uh, off of uh, like the fence of like a sidewalk or something, and then some one-arm push-ups. Push-ups, one, one arm. He's, he's really strong, man. Yeah, I mean, he's not in the national police for nothing. Um, seems like he's doing like 500 reps or something, which is insane. Basically, one punch, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saitama would be proud. Very proud. Uh, but then we get to the end of this chapter, which I find is, like, the best part of the chapter on, like, just a writing level. It's the part where, uh, Amuro is, uh, punching the wall, I think, to, I think, get get his, uh, hands used to, like, punching, like, harder objects, like, a face or something. And so that, uh, his body can, like, withstand the impact or whatever. But, like, uh, as, as he's punching this wall... He's thinking to himself, why did you let him die? Someone as skilled as you. And he gets a flashback to uh, his old partner Scotch's death and uh, seeing Akai in front of uh, Scotch's dead body. 
And I, I just, like, really love the scene because, like, after he thinks it, he just punches the wall really hard again, stops and just, like, thinks why. You know, I'm over here being like, oh, hey, it's that guy I see fan art of him with Amaro. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's a really interesting scene, I think, for people who are familiar with uh, this aspect of the Bourbon-Akai conflict because in the series itself, Bourbon mainly, uh, or Amaro mainly... Whenever he's thinking about the Scotch incident, it's always anger towards Akai. Though in this situation, we're seeing another side of it that he's not only angry at Akai, but he's mad at himself for not being able to keep Scotch alive. And he's saying, oh, I, I have all this skill, I have all this power, but in the end, I couldn't save my partner. And I, I just really love that aspect of this. It definitely shows why Amuro is such a great character, even... Besides just being a very uh, visually attractive character, which is why he has all the fangirls. But uh, yeah, I, I love that part of the chapter. But moving on to the dog part that you were mentioning, Allison. Uh, at the end of the chapter, to break uh, Amra out of his uh, slump, a cute little dogo appears. And uh, uh, he uh, Amro's just like, pets it a little bit and is like, don't follow me, you'll get wet. And then goes off to... Uh, train some more. Oh, no, you is so cute. Yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, I really like this chapter. Like, it, it, it's a simple chapter like the other first four, but it still is just such a fun, just enjoyable chapter. And I, I think that's what uh, Zero's Key Time is doing so well, is that it's not really doing anything groundbreaking. It's very much just a slice of life series. But, and you can read it without knowing all the Conan stuffs. Yeah, that that for one, but also just like, it, it's just kind of this very like lax kind of time where you just kind of are hanging with Amaro and it's just really fun. Hangs with Amaro and occasional doggies. Yup. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to more of this series. So I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm glad that it's uh, doing uh, so well on Shonen Sunday. It sell out any Sunday magazines this time? I don't think it sold out any uh, Sunday magazines this time in particular, but I know it's still selling really well, apparently. Amuro is saving Sunday. <laughs> yes, when uh, Conan isn't uh, in the magazine. But uh, this week, as a good transition, we do have Conan in the magazine. Woo! Yay! It's like going from no dialogue to all the dialogue. <laughs> exactly and uh yeah i mean for those who don't know uh conan is probably like my favorite series on shonen sunday i i love conan to death used to casual conan fan yes allison uh allison has watched a good deal of conan i think since me and my uh other twitter friends have kind of forced her to watch a lot of episodes so she's uh familiar with a good deal of conan at least so i and luckily this week uh we don't have a plot chapter which is good, so it's not, like, particularly confusing. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, let's just get straight into this chapter, then. Uh, Detective Conan, chapter 1013. Uh, so, last time, if you guys remember, uh, uh, I, the chapter, la last, uh, chapter that came out, chapter 1012, basically ended with, uh, Amaro and Akai about to, like, face off against each other. Because uh, Amro finally definitively figured out that, oh, hey, Okia is uh, Akai. But right as they're about to have their bout, um, 
Shinichi's father kind of steps in, uh, Yusaku, and is like, oh, hey, I actually just want to talk to both of you. Let, let's stop this dumb fighting, and that's where kind of the chapter ends. That was so disappointing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, after that, of course, we had the hiatus, and now we're back from the hiatus, and, uh, seems that we're not continuing that story. Unfortunately, we're going into, uh, why you do this? Why go show? Why you be trolling? <laughs> be trolling me, my own world. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, we're instead we're going into a uh, a police uh love story chapter, which I I personally am a fan of these chapters. I know some some people have more mixed feelings on them, but I enjoy them. So let's uh cut to the chase here and just get to the actual chapter. So it uh starts off with uh Naeko having a little dream about being late uh, for work, and she uh, bumps into Chiba, and it seems like Chiba's finally going to remember who she is. Like, for those who don't know, uh, Chiba and Naeko were, like, childhood crushes of each other, but Chiba doesn't remember it because Chiba's a dense uh, guy, (laughs) unfortunately. But uh, it turns out to be a dream, and uh, Naeko wakes up on the floor of her room, and then just starts running for work. And on her way to work, she runs into uh, the detective boys. And uh, she ha- gives them a little spiel about uh, how to not run on the sidewalk and to follow uh, traffic rules and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, but while they're having this talk, there's this mysterious black silhouette. who That's probably the criminal for this case. Talking about rules rules and like there's a dead body in like the background of his of his or her memories and uh moving on from that uh we go into the actual police department building where Naiko has finally arrived at work and Sato is talking about her relationship with uh Takagi and Naiko kind of goads at Takagi a bit with Yumi and Sato, until Takagi and Chiba show up, and uh, Yumi tries to get uh, Naeko to go on a stakeout with Chiba, but Chiba's like, uh, you you look a little uh, uh, too young for this. It just looked like a policeman guiding a middle schooler, and Naeko's just like, middle schooler, we're the same age, you know. <laughs> uh. But uh, move, moving on from that, uh, this kind of upsets uh, Naeko that Chiba still doesn't remember her and kind of just thinks that little of her. So, like, she goes on a, a little uh, fun karaoke time with her friends Yagi Ishiori and uh, Momosaki Toko. And uh, basically, at the karaoke sesh, uh, Naeko gets super drunk and... Uh, she sing metal songs? <laughs> oh, if only, if only this was a Gretzko. <laughs> uh, Shiori ends up uh, taking Naiko home because she's too drunk to go home by herself. And uh, Toko is about to go home alone when uh, she encounters a mysterious uh, individual who's like, I heard a small girl crying from the park's restroom. Would you be willing to have a look for me? And, uh, she's like, okay, sure. So, uh, 
Toko goes uh, to wherever the restroom is, and she's just like, oh, hey, I don't hear any crying. And then, uh, basically, the uh, individual ambushes her, and the chapter ends with her being tased and the dude taking out a, what seems to be a bat and a splatter of blood happening. So it looks like we might have a murder on our hands now. Yep, that's the usual case and case closed, I suppose. Yep, yeah, everyone just has to get murdered. I got, they gotta keep people interested or into the romance plots, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you, you, need, you need a little bit of uh, a domestic violence and uh, a little bit of assault with your uh, love stories, apparently. Make up. You gotta make up for interrupting the guy's story, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, Oyama probably loves it when there's a murder on his dates. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, what did you think of this chapter overall, Allison? I didn't like it. To the part where Amuro was gonna fight a guy and then Conan's dad interrupted, and I'm like, no, oh, come on. Now I gotta deal with this romance crap. Conan, ro all these Conan romances are just like, I like this guy, I like this girl, but I don't want to say it. Years later, nobody says anything. I mean, that's fair. Like, personally, I enjoy the police love story storylines. Like, I, I really like the in original one between Takagi and Sato, and also the one between uh, Shiratori Shira and uh, Kobayashi-sensei, as brief as that one was. And that, like, I, I think the Chiba Naika one kind of feels, like, a bit more generic in a way compared to those two but at the same time it's still pretty cute i always have kind of liked the little uh tidbits of chiba focus even before like these uh love plot storylines in the anime and manga so i'm glad that like at least oyama is finally giving him some sort of fo focus in the manga now because like chiba's been around for like forever but he's never really been given much to do besides being, like, the butt of a few jokes. So it's nice that at least, like, these storylines give him at least something to be involved in. Yes. So, like, while I'd prefer to uh, get back to whatever the heck's going on with uh, uh, the rum plot line and uh, what oh, what's probably going to be, like, an, an alliance between Akai and uh, uh, Amuro, I, I'm willing to wait stories are the same nobody wants to say they love each other and this whole romance plot will be solved and they just said something <laughs> um, that's true Adrian, you and your girlfriend just gotta like bone already my god they'll do it eventually allison eventually just move on heiji just trying to find the perfect place to confess allison I don't care. I want to see Conan beat the Black Organization and get his body back. I don't care about this other stuff. I was in freaking chapters later. Nothing has happened. I mean, lots of stuff has happened, but like... And stuff, and then it's like, oh, hey, love plot with freaking policeman and policewoman who looks like a middle schooler. What the heck, man? I mean, this is kind of the usual Oyama formula. Like, you, you get a lot of plot development, and you have a little bit of breathing room, then you go straight back in. And it's just been a, basically nowadays is more of like an in and out, in and out. And really in like recent years, we've gotten way more plot than we used to compared to like the bourbon arc. 
So like, yeah, I do that part. Personally, like I, I'm fine with this. Not, I hope we get back to the plot soon. We will, we will. Like, like there's so many different plot threads going on right now. Like the whole stuff with the, uh, uh, the Akai family, uh, and Mary, and then uh, the stuff with the uh, Rum and Wakasa Sensei, uh, uh, the Amuro Akai conflict. All these things seem like they're going to be converging at some point. I hope so. And, yeah. So I'm pretty sure, like... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that we're near the end of this storyline, because... To the end. Um, because uh, Conan arcs go on for quite a long time. Bourbon was going for, like, years and years. Yeah, we probably won't get another plot update to, like, chapter 1100 at this rate. Now we're we're definitely gonna get one before that, but uh, I don't know. I I still feel like Conan a big appeal of Conan is still the episodic cases, and I I'm I'm completely fine with that. Just like don't do them when I'm getting to pipe Amaro times, <laughs> please. Uh, it's it's a tease so that uh, people will be more hyped when it comes back. Yeah, I hope it comes back after the next chapter. Or at least we get another story that's not romance focused. Yeah, I mean, I think this 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 current case will probably be like three chapters. We probably have like two more of this, then maybe we'll go back into something plot related. Let's move on to Silver Spoon before I get mad again. <laughs> okay then. Um. So yeah, Silver Spoon chapter one twenty six. So. Uh, last time we left off on a bit of a cliffhanger as, uh, Hachiken was about to be run over by a car. So at the beginning of this chapter, we, uh, see him that he's, uh, okay. He, for the most part, well, he, uh, seems like he broke his, uh, one of his legs. So he has, like, crutches and stuff. But it looks like he'll still be able to take his entrance exam. He'll still be able to go to graduation and all that stuff. Then o- Oikawa shows up, and it's just like, hey, I brought you some food. And, like, they start, uh, uh, making a gyoza together with, uh, Mikage. And, uh, as this all seems like a fun time, and uh, Hachikin's like, wow, Oikawa's actually a really nice guy. It suddenly turns out that this is all part of Oikawa's, uh, plan to make sure that, uh, Mikage and, uh, Hachikin can't get uh, get it on and start making out and stuff. Because <laughs> he's still jealous that Hachikin has a girlfriend. Uh, and uh, yeah, basically that's how the rest of that early part of the chapter plays out. And then we go to uh, the day of uh, the Yezo College uh, General Entrance exam. Where we see uh, Hachikin is in a wheelchair with uh, Tokiwa. And then uh, Aikawa shows up. And he is a squiggly line like uh, Hachiken was, like, last chapter. And he's just like, I heard you broke your leg. Are you okay, Hachiken? And they're like, Aikawa, eat something. Get some food in you. And takes a drink and he just, like, becomes a slightly fatter squiggly line. And they're just like, he didn't return to normal. And then they just, like, Hachiken just, like, gets out of his wheelchair and just like, here, take my wheelchair. You need it more. And then the next, like, few panels are them talking, and then, like, I was, like, blind, but on a wheelchair. 
And he has wheel little line arms on the wheelchair bars. <laughs> I was dying at that part. That, that, that was amazing. But yeah, after that, uh, Tokiwa goes back with uh, Hotchkin's dad, who I, I forgot to mention. Hotchkin's dad's the one that uh, dropped off Tokiwa and uh, Hotchkin at the exam site. So now Tokiwa's going back with uh, Hotchkin's dad, and they're just like, huh, we have some time until we have to go pick up Hotchkin. Maybe we should go kill some time. And Tokiwa's like, oh, hey, we should just go to my house. We can have lunch there. And, like, they both go to Tokiwa's house, and, like, uh, Hotchkin's dad meets, uh, Tokiwa's, uh, mother, and she's just like, Hotchkin has taken great care of my son, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, 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 uh, know, uh, Tokiwa's a bit of a special boy. <laughs> a special boy. Yeah, so, uh, Hachiken, uh, Hachiken's dad starts, uh, eating lunch with, uh, Tokiwa and, uh, his mom, and, like, he's, like, sh he's, like, looking at, like, the color of the eggs, and he's just like, huh, this is different than what I usually see. Clearly, this means it's more nutritious, and they're just like, nah, that's just, like, basically the equivalent of, like, food coloring dye, depending on, like, what you feed the chicken. Like, they give, like, different colored yolks and stuff like that. And you can just, like, in the background of, like, uh, Hotchkin's dad's mind, you just see asteroids hitting the Earth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the panel afterwards is even greater. Yeah, once he takes a bite of, like, uh, the egg, egg rice uh, meal that they're having, you just, <laughs> like, see a big bang behind uh, Hotchkin's dad with his, like, super evil face. It's so good. So happy. And then uh, they add like a. Uh... <laughs> and then uh, they add like a, uh, uh, leek seasoned soy sauce to the meal, and uh, Hotchkin's dad eats it again. And literally, it's like the end of like the dinosaur era. Like the asteroids are coming down, killing the dinosaurs in the background, and he just has this evil face of satisfaction. Like that's even like a bigger grin than the first time. It's, it's so good. And then, uh, basically, uh, Tokyo's dad shows up, basically does the same thing his, uh, mom did when, uh, she met, uh, him, and it was like, your son has really helped out RKG Tokyo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, He's just like, oh, thank you. And, like, there he mentions that, oh, we're going to make some uh, pan-fried uh, ground uh, chicken. And uh, Hodgkin's dad just randomly gets, like, a big, like, butcher knife from somewhere. It's like, how about I help? <laughs> In the background, you see, like, these, like, cavemen, like, fighting an elephant. I think that's a mammoth. He's, oh, yeah, it is a mammoth. Shit. That makes more sense. <laughs> uh, but, uh... At the end of the chapter, we finally pan back to uh, Hotchkin and uh, Aikawa finishing their exam. And, and Hotchkin's waiting for his dad. And then uh, Hotchkin's dad shows up and he's just like covered in blood from like uh, but like butchering the ground chicken. Yep. And Hotchkin's just screaming, police! Police! Yeah, Aikawa is still a squiggly line. 
Yeah, he's still a squiggly line, which is amazing. Honestly, he looks even thinner in, like, uh, this panel. <laughs> like, somehow he got smaller. Like, shit. He probably needs to eat again. He needs another juice bottle. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Poor Aikawa. But, uh, besides, uh, just the content of the chapter itself, the best part of this chapter is that at the end of the chapter, we get the continued in the next issue message. No hiatus. We've broken the three chapter hiatus trend. Hey, we did it. Now we just had to hope that we don't get a hiatus message at the end of the next chapter. Just look at Bomberman's Twitter page and find out. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we're good. Hopefully we're safe and we can get Silver Spoon forevermore until it's over. Silver Spoon does go on hiatus, and they ask Amuro to save them. Yes, Amuro will save us all for the foreseeable future. At this. Yep. But yeah, I I, uh, I like this chapter a lot. It was uh, a really fun chapter. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like uh, really glad we got to have some more quality time with Hotchkin's dad. Just because like seeing him in a more like amicable uh, context is like really funny. His dad's really evil, but he's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, Allison, uh, do you have any more thoughts on this chapter? Oh, the rights are comedy scenes. Like, they don't feel as repetitive as other manga do with their comedy. Something that it always seems to come off in a funny way. Yeah, I feel like uh, Arakawa does a very good balance between her comedy and her like more serious plot lines. Like, there's still, like, a sense of kind of, like, uh, I guess kind of, uh, impending consequences for the actions of the characters in Silver Spoon. At the same time, it's wrapped around a very good, light-hearted kind of, uh, skits and gags and stuff, which is really nice. Yeah, like, she drew her characters as, like, literal giant lines. Because... <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so I, I'm looking uh, forward uh, to the next chapter. I'm glad that we're getting another chapter in this batch. Uh, maybe she'll actually be able to keep this up until the very end of the series now, because there really isn't that much left here. Like, once once Hajikin gets the results of his exam, like, there, that's basically it. Like, we need probably need a little, like, uh, epilogue to figure out what happens to all the characters, especially Komaba. Because we still don't know how his uh, tutoring is going with uh, Hotchkin's brother. But besides that, the story's basically done. So maybe she's just going to power through to the end now. Yeah, let's hope so. That's what I'm hoping for. In any case, more Silver Spoon's always a good thing, and I love this chapter. I love Silver Spoon, and overall, great time. Where? Yeah, so uh, next we're going to shift over to... Tony Kaku uh, Kawaii by Kenjiro Hata, a new series, another new series uh, we're going to be talking about this week. Yay. So, uh, this is a series that I kind of started reading a little bit on a whim, to an extent. Like, it's been doing very well on Shonen Sunday, from what I hear, and it's by the creator of uh, Hayate the Combat Butler. And I'm just like, oh, hey, I haven't seen that much of Hayate, but I know it's supposed to be very good. This. Looks also very good. Uh, the art looks good. And I started reading it. I love the hell out of it. I love all the little, like, pop culture references and just, like, the little kind of, like, 
focus on like being a stable relationship rather than uh rather than uh some uh kind of like will sh- will they won't they type of a uh, love basically story on, like a lot of uh, basically show- all of Conan. I'm not basically all of Conan, but I guess like uh Nisikor or something where like there there is like a big like love triangle or like harem type elements. But uh yeah, so I, I really fell in love with the series and then uh Allison uh read through all the chapters up to the current one today and uh she also enjoyed it. So yeah, I was thinking uh, hey, we might as well uh talk about it then cuz you can never have too many Sunday series. Need more. Send some suggestions. I mean, I have a big list of Sunday series we can read. It'll be a fun time. But uh yeah, so let's uh get right into this chapter then. Chapter 16. So like uh basically uh Hata usually gives like these uh little uh kind of funny titles for the chapters so i'm gonna name this one off a happy story which makes you think if we were in some parallel dimension this would be a very misfortunate story <laughs> and it's a picture of uh of uh sukasa and i think what I, in what i think is a a yukata and uh, it kind of looks like one of those like uh uh p- panel panels or pictures that you'd see in like a very sad like manga anime where like someone will die or it's like a tragic love story <laughs> which is funny <laughs> for sure because that's definitely uh different from the tone of this chapter so uh basically the chapter starts off with uh nasa talking uh about how he uh made his uh basically proposal to uh sukasa and he's just explaining it to his kohai and uh his kohai is like uh joking at him about it basically he's just talking about how great it was and uh that kind of stuff and he's like huh i i wonder if i need to get a ring she doesn't seem like the type of girl that needs a ring and uh his kohai is just like there we go the three big big things which make a husband proud when they talk about their wife and it's like um like it's like one like that means like the uh, they don't want to go anywhere. They're fine with uh, making leftovers into five-star cuisines. And they uh, they don't seem to want anything. And basically, like she's saying, the point of this is all like, she says all that to not hurt your pride. And it's just like, suck it up and go get the ring. And uh, then we uh, pan over to uh, Tsukasa, who's like remembering the kiss that uh, NASA gave her uh, two chapters ago, I think it was. And, uh, she's just kind of getting all embarrassed about it and everything. And, uh, basically after that, uh, uh Nasa and uh, Sukasa get done with their baths at the bath ha- at the bathhouse and, like, decide to go home. And on the way home, uh, before they go on the way home, actually, uh, the news mentions, uh, that a minister of education called, uh, Sukiyomi Tokiko resigned from her post and this gets the attention of Sukasa which I think uh is heavily implying that that's probably her uh great aunt that uh her sister was mentioning a few chapters ago which is a, a little bit of good foreshadowing there and uh we'll probably see more of that later because after uh, NASA asks uh, Sukasa-chan what's wrong uh she kind of brushes off and just tells them to go on the way back home, 
uh, NASA's like, uh, he's gonna be home late tonight because, uh, he has to go into work, and this kind of makes, uh, Tsukasa sad because, uh, she wanted to spend more time with NASA today. So, like, they decide to go to the park for a little bit to just sit down, and after a while, uh, Tsukasa's loneliness finally gets through, uh, NASA's thick skull, and he's just like, oh, shit, she, she's, uh, sad because I'm gonna be leaving her alone tonight. And, uh, so he finally, uh, gets up the balls and just, uh, straight up kisses her. Hey, romantic progress. <laughs> yes, good old romantic progress. And, uh, in the, in the bushes behind them, uh, Tsukasa's sister, Chitose, is, uh, had hired her, uh, maids to keep watch of uh, NASA and Tsukasa. And, uh, they're like, uh, should we tell Chitose about this? And, uh, one of them's like, nah, nah, this would just make her, like, furious. And then, uh, the chapter basically ends off with, uh, Tsukasa kind of getting super embarrassed about the kiss. It's just like, if someone saw us, I'd die of embarrassment. And the maids are just like, uh... And just kind of, like, are kind of creeping a little bit away. And, uh... Basically, uh, just, that's how the chapter ends. Just, uh, with a little bit of a cute conversation between, uh, Tsukasa and Nasa. So, Austin, what do you think of this chapter? I thought it was funny. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, just to talk about the series in general a little bit, I just really like how, uh, it, it kind of reminds, uh, me of my love story, which is what you were also telling me before we started recording, that, uh, it, it's, it's more focused on, uh, just a stable romance rather than like this kind of love triangle or kind of like sexual tension before a relationship. It's just about this relationship and they both have like equivalent feelings for each other and they both kind of just want to de develop this relationship over time and the gags between it are also just really funny so it has a good balance of romance and comedy which is nice. Yeah, I like the joke when she was talking about watching all the Marvel movies in the correct order. Yeah, yeah, that 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 uh, that was from a few chapters ago where like, she's just like, "Oh, darling, I wanna go uh, watch the new Avengers with you, but you haven't seen any of the MCU, so let's watch all these other films." And she literally lifts uh, like lists off the entire MCU franchise. Then Nancy says it's like some sort of magic spell. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love this series so much. I'm so glad it's doing launch on the Sunday because you always can't go wrong with a successful Sunday series. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to reading more of this because it's really good. Read this and laugh with us. Yeah, definitely check it out and go support it because it's really good. But yeah, now we should uh, move on to... Uh, uh, the Shonen Magazine series that we're going to talk about. So, the first one we're going to talk about is uh, just one that only I read this uh, for this week, and we're probably not going to really mention it that much after this week, mainly because of what it is. Uh, it's uh, the Bakke Monogatari manga by O Great, uh, the creator of uh, Tenjo Tenge and uh, Air Gear. Uh, basically, it's uh, just a manga adaption of Yusio Isin's uh, Bakemonogatari novels. And uh, there, there's not much to really say about this specific chapter. Uh, we'll be looking at chapter 9 here. Um, basically, I just kind of like caught up 
with this on a whim because I'm, I'm I'm a Monogatari fan. I like Monogatari a lot. And I was just like, oh hey, might as well just check this out. It's a magazine. So like uh, this specific chapter, chapter nine is uh, pretty simple. Araragi basically for most of the chapters basically just summarizing what happened in Kizu Monogatari, uh, how he turned into a vampire and how he had to fight Exorcist. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, that Kizu Monogatari is really cool. If you haven't watched or read it. Audio book and I guess audio books didn't do so good, so they didn't make any more. And I said, yeah, unfortunately, but audio book was like very good. It is Monogatari, you have to be so hard to not read. Uh, but yeah, uh, so basically after, like, uh, it does, like, a little bit of a recap of, uh, Kizu Monogatari and, uh, how Araki got, uh, became a vampire by, uh, uh, by Shinobu, and then Shinobu, uh, has him, like, kill all these exorcists, and then, uh, Araki defeats Shinobu and, like, gets them to, like, this weird, like, kind of limbo state of their bodies that, like, Aragi's not like a vampire, but he's not really human. And uh, Shinobu's not really a vampire anymore, but she's not human either. Uh, after that, uh, we basically just go into uh, the continuing plot line, which is like currently they're on the Maui uh, Snail storyline. It's like it's uh, basically uh, Aragi and uh, Senjo Gahara are fo- following uh, Hachikuji. Uh, to basically find her quote-unquote house. And Aragi's kind of projecting a bit onto Hachikuji, thinking like, oh, hey, she reminds me of myself. I used to think I could do everything by myself, but in reality, I did need the help of other people. And uh, basically, uh, he and Hachikuji start to just really get along and all that stuff. And then the chapter basically ends with uh, Senjo Gahara saying that we made it to the place. Um, And then... Uh, basically every series, basically every chapter of this uh, manga ends with a uh, guest artwork by a mangaka. So this uh, chapter's uh, special artwork is one of a it's one of a drawing of Senjigahara, Shinobu, and uh, Hanakawa, and it's drawn by Akinari Now. Uh, probably most well-known for uh, Trinity 7, the artwork for that, and uh, Psycho Busters. So yeah, and that, that's basically all the chapter. I'm not sure if we'll really be talking about it that much, uh, mainly because it's just like a, it's just an adaption of the light novel. So if you've seen the light, if you read the novel or if you watch the anime, there's not really much to really discuss here. But I thought I might as well mention it since I caught up with it this week. Um, so moving on to something uh, we both read, we're going to be talking about Hajime no Ippo. Yeah, so Allison, you read like over 600 chapters of Ippo between last week and this week. Well, you said episode one is going to be this thing, and then you said episode two is going to be Ippo. And then I'm like, well, I probably need to read all of Ippo to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to read all of it, but the fact that you did is insane. Like, Tweeting about... <laughs> did you see me tweeting reactions to it? Yes, I'm just like, Jesus, she's going through this, like, crazy fast. ...about Ippo is that he can understand what's happening without really reading the words, like, during the matches. Because a lot of it's just punching and the announcers recapping things, and then the audience is just cheering someone's last name. Yeah, yes, um... I more when it 
I read more when there's not fights happening. So that's why I take random screenshots saying this guy's good. Yeah, so uh, do you want to do the honors of uh, recapping chapters uh, 1222 and chapter 1223? Uh, chapter 1222 starts with Ipo and uh, Kimura getting ready for the big boxing match where Ipo debuts as a secondary boxer. The referee offers him to just like uh, wipe the sweat off. And he's like, I've been practicing. I know how to throw a chair. I can do this. Sure. Let's let's do the chair then. And then Kimura's off fighting the opponent, dude. It's really intense out there. Everyone's like, don't burn out, man. You got this. Except for Takamura. He's like in the background being like, man, Ippo's going to suck at this. He's terrible. Takamura's just like so savage. Like legit. Yeah, Takamura is like the delinquent that's like never around in anime or manga anymore. So that's why I love them. At one point when I was reading all the other chapters, there was a scene with bananas. And then someone really wanted a banana, so Takamura's like, okay, you can have a banana. And then he lifts it up and then the other guy ends up grabbing his penis. <laughs> and then he's like, what is it? I just touch. And Takamura's just laughing. In time, Takamura just like poops and then gives, makes someone else hold it. <laughs> And I'm like, man, Takamura is awesome and hilarious, but he's probably a terrible person in real life. <laughs> Anyways, Kimura goes down. Man, I gotta throw this chair. And it doesn't really land, it just bounces off the bouncy bounce rope on the ring. It's horribly wrong. The chair even flies out into the audiences, and Ippo is just making this horrified face. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like you seem like a dead body or something. And, like, you just see the crowd in the background just screaming, like, wow, and what the, the hell? the boxer's like, no chair? No, oh, we're looking for it. Then the audience, like, Epo jumps into the audience and grabs the chair. Meanwhile, Takamura's in the in the glass area laughing his ass off with a big grin on his face. And then everyone's like, but Epo, it's his first time doing this. But it's like, you know, it's Takamura. Takamura's gonna do what he does. He's got his second wind, and he decides next time he will put the chair on slower. He knows what to do. Put the chair in on sideways. Play <laughs> slips the chair through the ropes sideways. <laughs> Punching happens. It's a barrage of punches, and then the round ends. And he puts the stool on, on the boxing mat <laughs> through the rope sideways, so, like, the poles are facing up. <laughs> so Kimura sits down. And he's sitting, like, on the poles directly, like, the poles are on his butt down. Yeah, I, I, I lost it when I looked at that panel. I'm just like, god damn it. And he's like, oh man, sorry for calling you a junker. You're a god, a freaking comedy god. <laughs> Ooh, that's Savage Takamura. He's like the deal. And he's now on to chapter 1223. Apologizing because he accidentally messed up. The audience is freaking out. Laughing his ass off. So like this this might normally be funny, but this isn't the time for laughter. Oh no, next time I gotta take notes. <laughs> and he both crying because he messed up. Everything's going horribly wrong. Punches everywhere, someone's head blows up. It's crazy, man. So much strength and power on the club. Looks all beat up, like his muscles are drained and his face is like man almost. Cause he's so tired. <laughs> And then he, he both gives him advice on punching. 
Yeah, Kimura's face reminds me of, uh, my minor, she didn't know Joe's, Joe's spoiler, uh, basically what, uh, Jose Mendoza looks like at the end of, like, his fight with, uh, Joe Yabuki and the she didn't know Joe, like, it looks like he's just ex exponentially aging as the fight goes on from exhaustion, which is, like, also such a cool Also reminds me of how Takamura, like, tries to keep his weight balanced. Because he eats a lot, and then he, like, takes his medicine and makes him poops a lot, so, like, all the food comes out without turning into fat. Thankfully, he turns into skin and bone sometimes, and it makes him laugh. I read the backlog. It's pretty good. One day I'll catch <laughs> up with Ebo properly. It's okay. I have Ebo and you have Conan. We help each other out. I, I, I've got to make Allison Senpai proud by reading a thousand plus chapters in one day. Or you could watch Bike Boys. That can also suffice. True. Or I could watch and read both. But that's also an option. It's like a good idea. And Ace of Diamond. Do 600 chapters in a week. Ace of Diamond should be easy sauce. Hopefully. <laughs> now we both decides he wants to, like, see a movie with Kumi's on, but he's busy working instead. Clenching happens. Clenching. Everyone goes down. Boxing's going bananas, and he's turning into an old man. Like, no, I don't want to do this no more. I want to go home. And then he was like, no, you can't do it. You can do this. You got this, man. You got this. And then it's round six. The match is almost over. So much punching. Round six is all done. And he was like, you got to block out all the booing and the cheering. And whatever strength you have left, you push forward. Or it's like... I said I could only do this because I knew I could give up now. Oh, jeez. Tells him about the opponent's punching. Like, his left hook is finishing blow every time, but he's got to tell. The full swing, as soon as you see him drop his elbow, all you got to do is stick your hand out like one punch, man. One punch and you're good. Even Kimura's, like, turned into a really old man at this point. Even punches are going everywhere. And then he decides to stick his fist out. And it's like, boom, to the face. And the opponent falls down and on the mat. Wild. And it looks like Kimura won the boxing match. Hippo gives him a bro hug. Everything's all well and good. Except for Takamura, he's still like, man, even as a second, he's a major drunker. And Nidagagi is being a good boy, being like, hey, he'll do better next time, he's got this. And then the other guy's like, no way, he sucked. I love Takamura so much. Takamura's great. Uh, yeah, what did you think of this chapter overall, though, Allison? In this new side of Vipo, he's, like, participating in the boxing matches, but as, like, emotional support instead of boxing. Yeah, it's it's an interesting direction that uh, Morikawa's kind of taking Ipo's character in. Because, like, we, we've been so used to seeing him in the spotlight for ages, but now he's kind of sitting back and watching everyone else instead. Which I, I'm sure Ipo's going to get back into the ring at some point, because just from how everything's been set up to this point, it seems like Ipo will come back eventually and go out kind of Joe Yabuki style. Yeah, he's just got to work on it. He's got the, the... they'll probably pull through somehow. Yeah, so something's going to happen, I feel, that's going to push Ipo despite being completely aware of what you know, due to his own health, push him to go back into the ring and keep boxing. 
But what that's going to be is anyone's guess. But so far, the direction it's going and I'm enjoying. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, let's now uh, talk about our next series, Orient. So uh, Orient Chapter 2, Savage God. So we start off with a color page of uh, Musashi and Kojiro. Uh, Musashi holding his giant like pickaxe style scythe. And Kojiro with his uh, little uh, blade. It reminds me of Gintoki. I guess sort of, yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. But yeah, in uh, any case, uh, we then, uh, the chapter starts off with a flashback to nine years ago with uh, Kojiro as a child. And it's kind of, uh, he has to wear a sword at all times because he's part of a Bushi family. And everyone's kind of making fun of him for being a Bushi. But while he's being sad, his dad comes up to him and is like, the the uh, the Bushi were brave warriors. You are not scum, Kojiro. You, you will come from a brave and proud family. Don't forget that. And then uh, leaves them with these important, important words. A Bushi sword is pride itself. Don't lose it. Reminds me of that guy from One Piece. Has a scar on his eye. <laughs> yeah, I guess a little bit. <laughs> But uh, anyways, uh, we flash forward then to the present where uh, Musashi and Kojiro are being badasses on uh, Ko- um, Kojiro's motorcycle and uh, running over demons while uh, Musashi cuts them up. And they're on their way to go uh, cut down uh, the Kishin uh, that uh, basically rules this area. And... Uh, uh, basically, uh, Musashi's like, I always believe what your dad told us, that the Oni are the bad guys and the Bushi are the heroes. And he's like, "We're I'm so hyped, we're finally gonna fulfill our promise from five years ago. And Koj- Kojiro's kind of like, yeah, about that. I don't really care about becoming a Bushi. And, uh, he's like, I- I've always been plan- planning to leave this town, but why become a Bushi is kind of something that's in the past. And Musashi just kind of like, oh, really? He's just kind of questioning whether that's how Kojiro really feels. And he's like, you'll uh, you'll know once we're done. And so they finally uh, get up to the Kishin, which is just this, like, egg-shaped bird. The the most, like, intimidating enemy ever. (laughs) There's one cute birdie egg. Yeah, so, like... They're like, this Kishin sure is tiny for being an Oni boss. And, like, Musashi basically winds up his scythe and just cuts straight through the Kishin. Spaghetti sauce is coming out of him. Yeah, so after, like, Musashi cuts it open, like, it has these, like, weird, like, uh, spaghetti-shaped organs that, like, mutate it. And while it's, like, kind of recovering, uh, the servants of the Oni bring over a bunch of metal for the uh for the Kishin to consume and it transforms the uh the Kishin into this like giant weird metal molten metal like monster lizard thingy. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it's insane. Yeah, it's like in a Titan sort of I guess sorta. Of. I think it's a. It's supposed to be a Tengu, I think, because like they, the they when when it transforms, it calls it the Kishin Engoku Tengu. 
So this Hengu is like a supernatural creature in like Japanese folklore, if I recall. And like they're uh, Kojiro and Musashi are like, it's huge. And so they uh, try to take down uh, uh, the Tengu. And it just is like destroying everything without even like putting much effort Thank in. Thank the author can go from crazy FDF imagery to chibi shonen boys. Yeah, Otaka's just really talented about that. She, she's, I, I, I love her art so much. Her artwork's always great. And, like, uh, basically, uh, it, it doesn't take much effort to basically wipe Musashi and Kojiro out onto the floor. And Kojiro's like, so this is the Kishin. And as, like, uh, Kojiro's about to consider uh, retreating, the Kishin uh, grabs his sword, but Kojiro refuses to let go. And uh, basically tries to struggle and, like, keep onto his sword... He's questioning why, why, why am I, why do I still like hold on to this sword? And he's remembering all the times that he's been persecuted by everyone around him for being a bushi. And he's realizing that at the end of the day, this is still his dad's heirloom, and it's one of, it like uh, coincides with some of his most happiest memories with both his father and with uh, Musashi. So he, he that's why he doesn't want to like get rid of it at all. And, like, as he's struggling to get away from the Kishin, the Kishin finally just, like, whacks him on the, on the head or on the body or whatever and, like, just grabs a sword and eats it. Like, just straight up eats it. And the moment this happens, Musashi rushes forward from the ground and is, like, goes to the belly of the Kishin and starts mining the belly of the Kishin to, like, crack it open with his scythe. And, like, basically, uh, Musashi, Musashi gets the attention of the Kishin to the point where, like, the Kishin tries to, like, throw its hand down onto its own belly to get rid of Musashi. But, like, Musashi diverts the hand to the point where it, like, avoids him but still crushes the Kishin's own belly, cracking it open, and, like, allowing Musashi to go into this, like, hot, like, pool of digestive liquid. But uh, Musashi just kind of falls right in, and everyone's concerned that, oh, he's gonna be, like, boiled and shit. But uh, Musashi's okay, and he comes out of it in this cool two-page spread, holding Kojiro's sword. And stomach acid, and so, like, it's no big deal, because it's shonen. Yeah, just gotta walk it off. Like a good old shonen pro tag. <laughs> and then, uh, basically he just hands it back to, uh, to, uh, Kojiro. And he's just like, I know, it's a treasured possession of yours. Don't lose it. Which reminds him of, uh, his own father's words about how he should be proud of being a bushi. Had sword before he uses it. Yeah. Probably dirty. And he basically realizes that, uh, yeah, I... Uh, Musashi knew, a lot, knew all along that I, deep down, I like being a bushi and I want to continue being a bushi. So, like, after that, they're like, okay, let's get out of this town before, uh, before, uh, more trouble comes. And, uh, Musashi, uh, kind of just gives a quick comment, like, hey, what's up with, like, the horse? And he's, like, looking at the motorcycle covered in, like, weird, sharp, like, diamond things. And he's just like, I have no idea. It belonged to my dad. 
But then in the background, uh, you see like these hordes of people on similar vehicles coming towards uh, Musashi and Kojiro. So I guess that's something to look forward into. Uh, look forward to in the next chapter. Looks like uh, uh, Kojiro and Musashi might have some more formidable enemies coming up. And uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Allison, what did you uh, think of this chapter overall? Uh, I thought it was good. I like the action-y bits. And the dad was kind of hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did have a pretty good design. But yeah, I, I also enjoyed this chapter a lot. Uh, yeah, it seems like... I said this before, but... Uh, Otaka's uh, Ota return to manga has uh, just shown her straight up on her A-game. And this chapter continues that. She's just presenting us with this really fun action series. And I'm just really looking forward to where she ends up taking it. Not many people reading this. Everyone should read this. It is, it is really good. It is so good. It is, it is fantastic. I am looking forward to see if uh, she can... Uh, if it ends up uh, developing to the same heights that Magi did. Because Magi started out from pretty humble beginnings. And it became a giant of its own right. And I, I think Orient will very much do the same. And I'm looking forward to seeing it do that. You doing the big stuff a little bit earlier than Magi sort of did. Yeah, sort of, like, Magi's a bit more, uh, sub, uh, I guess, uh, less over-the-top of them getting less, like, action. Here, though, we're just going straight into, like, super big battle action stuff. It's just like, well, I, I learned all this stuff from Magi, I'm just gonna put it all here. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I enjoy this chapter a lot, I'm really looking forward to more of Orient, and it's gonna be a great time. I'm sure it will. Otaka doesn't disappoint. This and put it in the Kodansha licensing mango survey. Please. Yes, Kodansha Comics, please pick this up. Please simulpub it. I, I will support it in a heartbeat. I mean, I, I'm, I'm buying. I'm gonna buy the volume releases. I'm gonna buy Shonen Magazine as much as I can. But I really, I need an English release. I, I, I need it. I need it. Kodansha, give it to me. It's because it's easier for my brain to read and process the information. Yeah, I think it will be for most people. But uh, yeah, uh, that that basically uh, concludes our recap, though. Um, I did mention uh, last week that uh, I do occasionally want to do like series discussions or general discussions, but I think for now, until we get up to a point where we have a more stable lineup of series we want to talk about, because there's still like a lot of series that we want to cover and uh, catch up with, before that happens, we're just going to focus on just doing the recap and get our uh, toes wet with that until we go full deep into uh, series discussions and all that stuff. So for the coming weeks, uh, we're just going to be kind of uh, adding more series to our recap lineup until we kind of hit a sweet spot. Uh, next week, our plan is to uh, add uh, Sheriff uh, Evans's Lies to the uh, recap section. Uh, that's a popular Shonen Sunday title. Uh, that is uh, really fun, really good, and uh, I'll be looking forward to talk about it, and I think Allison will as well. So yeah, look forward to that next week. What's that about? We learned so the audience will understand. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's basically about a lawman called Evans, and he's a very good gunslinger, but he has a terrible luck in his romance life and all that stuff. So it's kind of a comedy, mostly, with a little bit of 
action and romance spliced in there. And yeah, should be fun. How long is that, Vlord? That is uh, currently 57 chapters. Bruns and Shun Sunday, of course. So it shouldn't be too long. Thank me. Less time than Nepo did. Yes, uh, you won't have to go like insanely savage like you did with Epo. I don't know how you did that. It's like times when you don't really have to read the dialogue as much. Still, it's like over 600 chapters, Allison. It was a good manga, V-Lord. And it's not as dialogue-heavy as your favorite boy. Okay, I, I won't deny that, but still. You've, you've literally read a ch- manga, though, that has more volumes than JoJo now. Uh, when I go hardcore, I go hardcore. Hashtag Allison's hardcore. Hashtag lazy but can catch up on Epo in a week. Yeah, that basically uh, concludes our uh, recap then. Um, yes. So yeah, I guess uh, we might as well just wrap it up here then. Uh, Allison, where can the good people find you? At meow910twitter.com Well, okay then. Um, people can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ, that is V-L-O-R-D-G-T-Z. Um, I basically talk about manga on there, and, uh, other stuff that's going on. Um, me getting hyped up for Anime Expo, uh, all that stuff, all that jazz. Um, and then you can follow the podcast on iTunes, uh, at, uh, Drowning in Manga. And then uh, you can follow our Twitter for the podcast at Drowning in Manga, literally just how the podcast is spelled. Um, and yeah, that, that's about it. I'm going to try to keep these episodes to come out at least by Sunday, uh, at least for now, since like we're keeping them well, relatively short for now. Uh, as they get longer, I might delay that further into the week. Uh, but for now, my goal is to get these out every Sunday. So, yeah. L- look forward to these every Sunday, then. So, yeah. I guess uh, we should get out of here, then. Later, guys. Later.